Daily prayer has been a part of the Christian tradition since its first days. In the Episcopal Church, our forms of daily prayer are found in our Book of Common Prayer, which descends from that of the Church of England. When we pray one of the forms of prayer, called offices, we pray with Christians around the world no matter what time we are doing so. Morning prayer is the central office, but it's always great to be prayed any time of day. Whether you're joining in at morning, evening, or even the next day, it's always a good time to pray. If you would like to follow along with the order of prayer, you can go to tuesday.frdavid.org for a Tuesday episode, or thursday.frdavid.org for a Thursday episode. There will be more information at the end of this podcast. Let's pray morning prayer together. Good morning, and thank you for joining in uh, this prayer recorded on August 12th, uh, 2021, uh, the Lesser Feast of Florence Nightingale and the Episcopal uh, Lesser Feasts and, Fa- uh, Lesser Feasts and Fasts um, Saint- Saints calendar. No matter when you're watching or listening to this, it's a great time to pray. So let's prepare ourselves for prayer. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us, forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit keep us in eternal life. Amen. Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise, glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Let's say the Venite together. The mercy of the Lord is everlasting. Come, let us adore him. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the caverns of the earth and the heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his for he made it and his hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Oh, that today you would hearken to his voice. The mercy of the Lord is everlasting. Come, let us adore him. Let's say together Psalm 105, Part 1. Give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, and speak of all his marvelous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Search for the Lord and his strength. Continually seek his face. Remember the marvels he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O offspring of Abraham, his servant. O children of Jacob, his chosen. He is the Lord our God. His judgments prevail in all the world. He has always been mindful of his covenant, the promise he made for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, the oath that he swore to Isaac, 
which he established as a statue for Jacob, an everlasting covenant for Israel, saying, To you will I give the land of Canaan to be your allotted inheritance. When they were few in number, of little account, and sojourners in the land, wandering from nation to nation, and from one kingdom to another, he let no one oppress them, and rebuked kings for their sake, saying, Do not touch my anointed, and do my prophets no harm. Then he called for a famine in the land, and destroyed the supply of bread. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They bruised his feet in fetters, his neck they put in an iron collar, until his prediction came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him, the ruler of the people set him free. He set him as a master over his household, as a ruler over all his possessions, to instruct his princes according to his will, and to teach his elders wisdom. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples were on the road going up to Jerusalem with Jesus in the lead. The disciples were amazed, while the others following behind were afraid. Taking the twelve aside again, he told them what was about to happen to him. Look, he said, we're going up to Jerusalem. The human one will be handed over to the chief priests and the legal experts. They will condemn him to death and hand him over to the Gentiles. They will ridicule him, spit on him, torture him, and kill him. After three days he will rise up. James and John, Zebedee's sons, came to Jesus and said, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? he asked. They said, Allow one of us to sit on your right and the other on your left when you enter into glory. Jesus replied, You don't know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup I drink, or receive the baptism I receive? We can, they answered. Jesus said, You will drink the cup I drink, and receive the baptism I receive, but to sit at my right or left hand isn't mine to give. It belongs for th- to those for whom it has been prepared. Now when the other ten disciples heard about this, they became angry with James and John. Jesus called them over and said, You know that the ones who are considered the rulers by the Gentiles show off their authority over them, and their high-ranking officials order them around, but that's not the way it will be with you. Whoever wants to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you will be the slave of all. For the human one didn't come to be served, but rather to serve, and to give his life to liberate many people. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's say together the song of praise. Glory to you, Lord God of our fathers. You are worthy of praise. Glory to you. Glory to you for the radiance of your holy name. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Glory to you in the splendor of your temple. On the throne of your majesty, glory to you. Glory to you seated between the cherubim. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Glory to you beholding the depths. In the high vault of heaven, glory to you. Glory to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Well, beloved, today is the feast day in the Episcopal uh, calendar saints of Florence Nightingale. So I'm going to read her biography from Lesser Feasts and Fast 2018. Florence Nightingale was born to a wealthy English family in Florence, Italy on May 12, 1820. She trained as a nurse in a hospital run by a Lutheran order of deaconesses at Kaiserwerth, 
1853 became superintendent of a hospital for invalid women in London. In response to God's call, and animated by a spirit of service, in 1854 she volunteered for duty during the Crimean War and recruited 38 nurses to join her. With them she organized the first modern nursing service in the British field hospitals of Scutari and Balaclava. Making late-night rounds to check on the welfare of her charges, a, held, a handheld lantern to aid her, the wounded identified her as the lady with the lamp. By imposing strict discipline and high standards of sanitation, she radically reduced the drastic death toll and rampant infection then typical in field hospitals. She returned to England in 1856, and a fund of £50,000 was subscribed to enable her to form an institution for the training of nurses at St. Thomas's Hospital and at King's College Hospital. Her school at St. Thomas's Hospital became significant in helping to elevate nursing into a profession. She devoted many years to the question of army sanitary, sanitary reform, to the improvement of nursing, and to public health in India. Her main work, Notes on Nursing, went through many editions. An Anglican, she remained committed to a personal mystical religion, which sustained her through many years of poor health and until her death in 1910. Until the end of her life, although her illness prevented her from leaving her home, she continued in frequent spiritual conversation with many prominent church leaders of the day, including the local parish priest, who regularly brought the Eucharist to her. By the time of her death on August 13, 1910, her accomplishments and legacy were widely recognized, and she is honored throughout the world as the founder of the modern profession of nursing. There is a lot to say about Florence Nightingale uh, on, in, in many ways and, and uh, ways it might intersect with the reading. One thing I always like to say when we talk about these so-called modern saints, you know, she died in 1910, uh, because Episcopalians uh, look at the saints more as exemplars of faith as opposed to uh, intermediaries, uh, though some Anglicans uh, see um, saints as being somebody who you can kind of pray with uh, to God. They're, they're people, it's kind of like asking a, a friend to pray with you or something like that. Um, because the way we do that, our, our way of adding saints to the calendar is different. They have In the American Episcopal Church, you have to be added uh, one one general convention as uh, as uh, temporary and then at the next one if you're if they're ratified then they go into the the church's calendar um, and Florence Nightingale's been on our calendar for quite a while but it's always interesting uh, to have these modern saints uh, I served at a church when I was in um, a seminary that actually did litanies of the saints it was a very anglo-catholic church meaning leaning very much towards the catholic side of the tradition so it, at Easter and at all saints day he would sing a litany of the saints, asking those saints to pray for us. And there would always be Florence Nightingale and Martin Luther King Jr. and all these other modern saints that kind of, in many ways, brought Christianity right into the, you know, the idea that the, the saints are still among us was, uh, was something that was really amazing out of that experience for me. Um, Florence Nightingale's uh, nursing uh, stuff is 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 widely known uh, she's considered the mother of modern nursing um the oath that that modern nurses take in america is uh the used to be known as the florence nightingale oath uh, it's it's in many different forms different nursing schools use different forms of it but it's still kind of uh, comes from that tradition of uh, coming all the way forward from florence nightingale this idea of professionalism and scientific rigor and compassion and compassion is the thing that I think when I, I look at 
Florence Nightingale's life, I see as being the most important part of her aspect, especially when we start talking about uh, her religious proclivity. So here in Lesser Feasts and Fasts, they talk about the fact that she follows a what they say, mystical and inner religion. I mean, she is Anglican. She stays within the Anglican fold her entire life um, and receives communion and visitation from her parish priest. But she follows, she has some unusual tenets, and those the tenets that she holds, uh, I, I, that got me interested, so I, I did in-depth research, which means I consulted the Wikipedia page. That's a joke. <laughs> but I did consult the Wikipedia page, which had more... Um, information about what this personal and mystical religion was. And um, basically, uh, the reason why so much of it was personal and mystical, you know, one of the things of talking about mysticism is quite often, um, if we look back in the history of the church, when uh, learned males do things, it's called theology. And when learned females do something, they call it mysticism. Uh, sometimes it's, it's mysticism is relegated to a second tier in Christianity. That's starting to be addressed these days. But it's, it's still something that you kind of see. And in this case, it's because she holds some, uh, some, some beliefs that, are, that many people today would say aren't really controversial and that have been held throughout Christian history. But being held in, in early 20th century uh, uh, Anglicanism would have been pretty heterodox. And the main one is this idea of universal reconciliation. Uh, she had a belief that um, that those even those who die without being saved eventually make it to heaven. This is not something new for her to come up with. You find it all the way back through church history. It's a kind of minority strain that runs especially through Eastern Orthodox religion, runs back to um, the early church father Origen, uh, you know, in the, in the early first few um centuries of the church. So it's something that's an idea that's always been there, and that idea is that God's compassion, and this all has to do with compassion, God's compassion is so great that the idea of a eternal place of punishment where people are relegated for the mistakes that they make during their life seems like something that's completely out of um, out of sync with the idea of, of, of a compassionate God who is ultimate compassion. So therefore, everybody turns, you know, whether it takes uh, they, whether somebody turns to God immediately upon uh, death or whether it happens centuries or millennia later, time, you know, uh, we, have to have, we, gotta, we have to get out of worldly concepts of time when we start talking about these kind of things. But this idea that the glory of God is so overwhelming, that's usually how the Orthodox go at it. The glory of God is so overwhelming that it will eventually cause everybody to turn around because you can't ignore that glory for so long. And that in, in this concept... Hell is, is where you refuse to turn around and face God, where you're completely absorbed in your own self, even after you die, you become such a selfish person, a person with such, um, who is so self-absorbed that you can't even turn around and see the glory of God because it's too painful to do so. But the Orthodox, um, there's a minority opinion in Orthodoxy that talks about this idea of the glory of God being so overwhelming that eventually everybody turns. Um, and... I think for, for, for Florence Nightingale, this is really important because of where she is. You know, her, her early experiences are in the Crimean War, which is not a war that we talk about an awful lot today. It, uh, main, our main touch point for the Crimean War is the, the famous poem, The Charge of the Light Brigade, which comes from this. But this was a war, you know, in the, in the 1850s, so it's in between the American Civil War and the First World War. Um, a lot of the modern... Um, ideas about modern war have, have been developed at that point. 
Um, it happens for no really good reason over a period of time that, and it causes just in, incalculable suffrage, uh, suffering, not suffrage, suffering, incalculable suffering, um, of which Florence Nightingale is trying to alleviate. Uh, many people say that if, if um, generals around the time of World War I had paid any attention to the Crimean War, they would have some idea of what was coming during that war, but they largely didn't. Um, but she's spending all of her time as the lady with the lamp, this person who is who's organizing the field hospitals, who is insisting on sanitation, who is, is applying all these modern scientific methods to the nurses there at the front. Um, and I think in some ways she was confronting hell on earth. And when she looked at that on earth, she had a hard time saying, well, I think that there's something like this that exists for those who are unrepentant after they die. It's, it's in some ways, I think it's, it's a, a, a almost inevitable conclusion of her from her personal experience there on the fronts in the Crimean war. There's a, um, an example, uh, later on, uh, in her life where she kind of, we have a quote that talks about this. So for example, a dying young prostitute being tended by Nightingale was concerned she was going to hell and said to her, Pray, God, that you may never be in despair. I am at this time. And the nurse replied, Oh, my girl, you are not now more merciful than the God. Sorry, I'm going to try that again. Oh, my girl, are you not now more merciful than the God you are? You think you are going to? Yet the real God is far more merciful than any human creature ever was or can ever imagine. Um, so this idea of being able to, com to, to comfort people when they're they're near death and dying with this idea that no matter what they've done in their life that god still awaits them with that compassion after they die it's very very um very very powerful and uh, just a short tie-in to the um to the to the gospel reading today uh you know this uh, this is one of those examples of the disciples just not getting it where jesus is saying hey there's going to be a lot of suffering and death, and uh, I'm going to, to die, and, and this is going to be really bad. And James and John haven't been listening at all, um, at all, to what Jesus is saying. Because they, they immediately come up and say, Teacher, we want you to do whatever we ask. It's literally like they've decided to ask him this, so they're just waiting for a chance to jump into the conversation. They're not actually uh, you know, listening to what Jesus is saying. Because if they heard what Jesus was saying, they might not ask the question they ask. Uh, what do you want, want me to do for you? Allow one of us to sit on your right and the other on your left. And Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. Obviously, you haven't been listening. Can you drink the cup I drink or receive the baptism I receive? We can, they replied. And Jesus says, well, you will. And we have the, the, the tradition of these two being martyred later on, which is what's being referred to here. Um, and then you have this whole conversation between Jesus and the disciples. The other disciples are understandably upset that James and John have asked this. But Jesus says, whoever wants to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be the servant of all. For the human one didn't come to be served, but rather to serve and to give his life to liberate many people. And in some ways, that ties in perfectly with the idea of Florence Nightingale. She didn't seek honor and glory her entire life. It was her service and her words and actions that makes it so that we remember her name. I mean, 
gosh, even if it's just, you know, from the old Batman series, Holy Florence Nightingale Batman, or, or any other way, her, her name runs throughout most of our subconsciouses somewhere. We have some idea of who she is. Yet, if you were to ask who were any of the political or military leaders during the Crimean War, most of us wouldn't be. I, I'm a, I, do, I do military history, and I honestly can't tell you uh, who any of those leaders are, but I do know who Florence Nightingale is. That servant leadership is such an example of what God wants for us, uh, especially in Florence Nightingale, um, that it rings throughout history in a way that none of the people who everybody thought would be the important people that would be remembered in history uh, are remembered now. And so that's what we should be striving for, is to be that servant, to be that person who typifies the compassion of God. Amen. Let's say together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care, and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. O God, who gave grace to your servant Florence Nightingale, to hear your healing love into the shadow of death, to bear your healing love into the shadow of death, grant to all who heal the same virtues of patience, mercy, and steadfast love, that your saving health may be revealed to all, through Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, the King Eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified, receive our supplications and prayers which we offer for you before all members of your holy church, that in their vocation and ministry they may truly and devoutly serve you through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
Amen. On this feast day of Florence Nightingale, I'd like to give special thanks for all those who serve in the, in the healthcare professions, uh, for all those who are in the front lines right now, especially against the fight um, against COVID. We pray for all those at home and in assisted care. Barb, Christine, Jim, Joyce, Linda, Louise, Mayjean, Marin, Sandy, and Tina. For those in particular need, Bill, Carol, Catherine, Chad, Chris, Dave, Diane, Ed, Emmy, Frank, Grayson, Jan, Jean, Jenny, Jesse, Jerry, Jewel, Joni, Judy, Keith, Kelsey, Marilyn, Mary, Max, Nancy, Patricia, Richard, Robbie, Rose, Stuart, Sue, Tanya, Zach, and Zara. For those in the armed forces, especially Aaron, Ashley, Bailey, Brian, Jessica, Mitch, and Todd. In the Anglican Communion, we pray for the Church of South India. In the Diocese of in the Diocese and Cycle of Prayer, we pray for St. Paul's in Ashopin. Among the Association of Walkshaw Congregations, we pray for Christ the Servant Lutheran Church. We pray for those religious who live the vowed life, the Order of Julian of Norwich, the Sisters of St. Mary, and the Community of the Transfiguration. We pray for the continuation of the ceasefire in the Holy Land and that a solution may be found to a just and lasting peace. We pray for all those suffering from COVID-19. We ask for strength during this pandemic, protection for our essential workers, and resolve to do those things which will bring it to a conclusion. We pray for the wisdom to discern the measures we require to achieve a just peace in our society and for the strength to take them. I bid your prayers and intercessions at this time. Let's say together a general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service, and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you, and you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining in our community of prayer this morning. Uh, I hope you're managing to keep yourself safe uh, during this um, time of the, the Delta variant picking up. Uh, if you have not been vaccinated, please consult your primary care doctor. Um, and and if, you, if you're able to, uh, get the vaccine so that we can uh, bring this thing to a, 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 clo a swifter conclusion. Um, wear a face mask when you're in pub public. Follow all the CDC guidelines. This is something that we do not just for ourselves. It's not about our individual freedom. It's about the way that we care for each other in community as Jesus intended for us to do so that we can all be 
a little bit like Florence Nightingale in that way. Um, so we'll do this again on Tuesday and Thursday of next week. Uh, our Sunday service will be uh, live cast at 10 a.m. Um, until we see you again, God bless and take care of yourselves. This has been a production of St. Matthias Episcopal Church in Waukesha, Wisconsin. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find more information on how to contact us at our website at http www.stmatthiasonline.org. That's www.stmatthiasonline.org. Thank you and have a blessed day.